Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. How are you doing, Todd? I'm well, thank you. Well, today we're talking about natural disasters, mm. things like hurricanes, floods, earthquakes. Why does God allow something like, he could stop it. Why does he allow it to happen? Well, uh, let's just start because it's so interesting. Whenever these things hit, insurance companies, what do, what do they call this? They, they say, we don't insure against acts of, acts of God. God sometimes, right? And so like, hey, that, that happened to be honest. Isn't it a shame that we, we blame God for hurricanes, earthquakes, and other natural disasters that happen? Well, let me just start by saying this. Let's acknowledge a few things. There was a flood in Genesis 7 that covered the whole earth. That's, that was an act of God, for sure. Um, there was an earthquake in Numbers 16 that affected uh, the sons of Korah. That was an act of God, for sure. There was fire that, that uh, consumed priests that were offering a, fall, a, a, a sacrifice inappropriately. In Leviticus chapter 10, it's mentioned. There are places in Scripture, in Revelation chapter 6, we see famine, you know, and death and disease and pestilence are going to come. Uh, you know, hail even from, from heaven is going to destroy and, and bring great sorrow to people that, that are acts of God. I think sometimes people go, gosh, is every time a hurricane or an earthquake happened, is it because God's bringing judgment? And the answer to that would be absolutely not in the sense that it happened in Genesis 7 and number 16. But let's just say this. In Romans 8, the Bible just says that uh, creation itself is subjected to futility. In other words, God didn't intend it this way. There were no earthquakes and tornadoes and floods in Eden, okay? But it says that creation itself has become subjected to these things because of him who subjected it, meaning the one that God had given um, you know, dominion to rule over the earth. When we gave ourselves away to not walk in relationship with God, then this all of creation, which is held together by him, has moved increasingly towards chaos. And it says in verse 22 of Romans 8, that says all of creation now groans and suffers the pains of the world not as it should be. And it longs for redemption, okay? Um, one of the mistakes that you can make uh, is that you can say that, no, God can't stop these things and doesn't want to, which is obviously wrong. God's sovereign over all things. And so even if God doesn't cause an earthquake and God doesn't cause a flood, he certainly allows it to happen as a uh, effect of the fall, or even sometimes, um, you look in the book of Job. Satan said, hey, I want to mess with Job, and I want destruction to come into his life, and God permitted to take out Job's kids. But um, not every time that tragedy befalls through acts of God is it a form of judgment, all right? This is really important, Rick, okay? First of all, God is ultimately culpable that it happens, but he uses sometimes what even the enemy intends for evil or what is just part of a fallen creation for good. This is important. Romans 8.28 says, not that God wants all these things to happen because he's good. It says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I'm going to read you a psalm. It's Psalm 46, and it says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change. Watch this. Though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. That's a pretty dramatic earthquake. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake, okay, at, at, at you know, its swelling uh, strength and pride of, of uh, all that's happening and the trouble that's right there, he, they're basically saying we can find rest and comfort in God. Do you know who wrote that? It's the sons of Korah, the guys who themselves died in judgment, men who were their ancestors who died in judgment at an earthquake. And they saw that, listen, rebellion against God does not lead to peace. 
putting our hope in the ways of this world or in the world at all is insanity. And they eventually returned to the Lord and it was a crisis that brought them there. Sometimes uh, crisis straightens our thinking out, okay? And God can take what the devil and um, even a broken creation intends for evil, if you will, and he can use it for good. Part of what he'll do is he'll drive us to our knees and humble us and let us know that even though today we can see hurricanes coming, before societies didn't even know hurricanes were coming till they hit. Today we know they're coming. We know their power. Computer models help us see where they're at, but we can't stop them. It shows us our smallness, our desperation, that this world isn't our home. It brings clarity to what really matters. We can argue all day long if man is a special creature or not, but when there's, a, there's an earthquake or a flood, we, we know right away who we're supposed to go in and save. You see the best in humankind come out, the way we care for and love each other. God uses it for good all the time, okay? And it also shows us that if we've been giving ourselves to other things, we better align ourselves with the one who is sovereign over all creation. Last thing, it's a mistake to say that every time that there's a hurricane or an earthquake, it's because God is bringing special judgment on the people. Jesus dealt with this in Luke chapter 13. There was an event that happens in Luke 13 where Pilate, in his rage, this is now God using um, just a wicked ruler to bring about horror to people, in a sense. You know, uh, the hearts of kings are like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He directs them wherever he pleases. So there was a flood of wrath that came from a pagan king, and it killed a bunch of men. And Jesus says, because he was asked the question, why did that happen? He said, do you suppose it happened because they were worse than you, those men that died? He said, what about the 18 men that died during the construction project over there at the Tower of Siloam? He goes, do you think they died because they were more wicked than you? In other words, there was just a, there was a construction failure. And I think it's a mistake to think that the reason a tsunami hit Thailand is because they have some religion other than Judeo-Christianity, or the reason that hurricanes hit Texas is because they voted for a certain president, which somebody actually said, a university professor said, um, that the flood you know, came and wiped out a bunch of people because they went a certain way politically. Jesus says this, no, I tell you, you too should repent unless something similar happens to you. What's he talking about? Jesus is saying, hey, look, in this broken world, it's not as it should be, that there are hurricanes and floods and judgments and wicked men that do wicked things. You never know when you're going to die. And so you better right now reconcile with God lest you come suddenly and quickly to an end without having made peace with the one who is sovereign over everything, including your life. And so what Jesus says is, hey, don't think that just because trouble falls a certain way or in a certain land or to a certain person, it was because they were more wicked than you. No, Jesus says every one of you needs to be ready to die and prepare for judgment. So why does God allow First of all, it wasn't his intention. It's a result of us being in a broken world. Secondly, uh, we need to realize that that earthquakes don't only befall wicked people, okay? And thirdly, uh, prepare yourself for the day of judgment, whether that judgment comes through an earthquake, a flood, or a lightning bolt from heaven. You're going to die. You better make peace with God. And then fourthly, let's rejoice that in the midst of tragedy, we see what ultimately matters, not our material material things, but other human beings. And we care for one another, and in um, loving one another and helping each other, you see some of the grace of God. And then God does use all of these troubles, all right, to redirect us to what ultimately matters. It's the sons of Korah who wrote Psalm 46.
Thanks, Todd. So we're, we're filming this shortly after Hurricane Harvey. There's another uh, big hurricane on the way. Yeah. What would you say to someone that goes, hey, is, is this the end times? No, I wouldn't say that, Rick. I mean, uh, there have been tragedies that have been happening since the beginning of times. There's no qu question at the end of the times, there's going to be uh, earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. Um, but it, it's pretty tough to drape the New York Times you know, over your Bible and go, this must be that. All right. Jesus's point in Luke 13 was, you be ready because the end times are coming and you're going to stand before someone in judgment and you don't know when that lightning bolt is going to strike, that water is going to rise, that earth is going to open, or you're just, your ticker is going to quit ticking. So reconcile with God. But, um, you know, listen, the end of the world is going to come one day. We did a real truth real quick on that. Yep. All right. Uh, when's the end of the world going to happen? We also did a real truth real quick on why does God allow mass shootings and terrorist acts? Yep. I would also watch that. But um, man, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Make peace with God while there's still time. Thanks, Todd. Listen, if you're watching this, you know, you might have searched for something um, on YouTube. Maybe this particular topic has a personal, uh, you know, something personal about you and your story. There's an email address below me. If we can pray for you in any, any way, send an email. We read every single one of those, and we would love to do that. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.